Welcome to a Tea Party, a podcast where two Asian American high school students give you the latest tea on down the middle politics and what it's like to be a student from our generation all while drinking tea. And the tea on our podcast this week is that our pod is now available on virtually every platform out there: Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Overcast, SoundCloud, etc., etc., etc. So go save the pod in order to receive updates. And Eunice, what are you drinking today? It is a very unfortunate for me to announce this week that I am not drinking anything, and the reason why that is, is because earlier today, Sean and I did a failed take of this podcast in which I was drinking banana milk, which is what I planned to drink today. But since I already drank banana milk before, so I am I'm not drinking anything. But are you, Sean? Yes, I am still drinking the tea that I have. <laughs> Well, I've remade it, of course, for this take. Okay.、Um, and this tea is called hoicha, which is a Japanese green tea. And I've did a little research on it because I don't know anything in English. <laughs> But it's <laughs> a Japanese green tea roasted in a porcelain pot over charcoal, and it's developed in Kyoto, Japan. By this beautiful, beautiful, and well-respected old tea seller, and I have no idea how to pronounce their name, but it's really good, and it's gentle, but it's it has like this sweetness that comes after it leaves your tongue. Okay, just curious, does it have to be made in a porcelain pot over what was it, charcoal? I think so. I don't know. I'm not a tea maker,、uh, but according to Wikipedia, the most reliable source out there. Speaking of Wikipedia, we're starting our new segment with some Wikipediaing. You've probably read the title of our podcast, but this week we're talking about the gig economy. So, ever wonder what it's like to be an Uber driver? In economic terms, if you were to request a ride or charge for a ride through the Uber app, you'd be participating in something called the gig economy. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on, hold on. What is a gig economy? According to Wikipedia, gig workers are independent contractors, online platform workers, contract firm workers, on-call workers, and temporary workers. And an economy consists of gig workers and their clients. Gig workers enter into formal agreements with on-demand companies, for example, Uber or TaskRabbit, to provide services to the company's clients. End quote. So, talking about gig workers, in 2018, over 35% of the U.S. workforce were gig workers, which is projected to increase to 43% this year. That's a huge number. I think I know why. All right, popular companies offering gig work include Airbnb, which is a home rental service. DoorDash, Grubhub, and Uber Eats, which are all food delivery services, Etsy and Fiverr, which are creative goods and services marketplaces, and Lyft and Uber, which are the famous transportation services, etc. Okay. There are many different types of gig work out there. So it sounds like gig working is basically a company rallying all of independent freelance workers. Yeah, more or less. The gig workers say, "Hey, we'd like to, you know, work under your company," and then you so you sign up for an account. It's usually on on a Website or on an app like Uber, and then the company is like, "Great, we're going to give you these clients. These clients can see you on our website or app, and they can request some work for you. And we're just going to be here to facilitate the process of exchanging of goods and money and whatnot." 
That's what gig economy is. Fascinating. Yeah. So here are some examples of different kinds of gig work that are available right now, according to my research. For example, the price of one adult to stay in New York City for one night in June right now on the Airbnb website can be as low as $40 per night, which is a cheaper alternative to hotels for guests. This can mean you stay for one night in someone's apartment or even someone's house or in a hotel room. But all of these different properties are available on Airbnb. Additionally, I can get a local design in four days for $25 on Fiverr and a burger from Burger King sent to me in up to 25 minutes for $8 on Uber Eats. With all that in mind, Sean, yes. if you're a college student or otherwise a young adult living alone, since you know we're students, we don't really have a need for this, but if you were, for example, a college student, how often do you think you get food delivered? Well, knowing me, I think I might get groceries delivered, but having cooked food delivered, I find that a little underwhelming because I can't stretch my creativity that way. Oh, since you make food. You know, if I didn't have any culinary uh, skills, probably every night. As for me, I'd probably get it very concerningly often. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's no dishes to wash, which is great. That's true. And you also don't need to leave the house. So if you're very tired or you stayed up last night, the night before, uh, to write an essay, then, you know, it's very easy to get it delivered. Hmm. Here are some pros and cons of gig work that you may not know about. Pros, you can set your own hours, so there's a bunch of flexibility. Usually you can charge your own prices. For example, you can say, oh, I want someone to have to pay $25 for me to design their logo. Additionally, there are less concerns usually associated with employers, so you don't have anyone who's telling you what to do. I mean, if you don't like being told what to do, but you don't want to be like an entrepreneur, then you can, you know, you can participate in the gig economy. But there are also downsides that come with gig work. There are no 401k retirement benefits. Mostly there are companies that offer it. Um, there are no, there is no health insurance, no promotions, but there are raises. Like I said, you can set your own prices. And flexibility means constantly working to get as many gigs as possible. And finally, there are no paid sick days. So if you compare the pros and the cons, Sean, do you think that you'll ever participate in the gig economy? Well, uh, in the current state of America, and I'm sorry if I'm going a little into politics <laughs> by saying this, but the lack of health insurance greatly concerns me, especially in this moment when health insurance is super important. Ah, uh, that is true. To be fair, I've heard that workers in a gig economy currently still has work to do compared to a lot of other employed workers. Mm, yeah, we'll get into that later. Let's just say that you did work in the gig economy with all the health insurance concerns aside. What kind of service or good do you think that you'd be able to provide? All right, let's start this uh, hypothetical here. With my current skills, I think food delivery is definitely a big one because there's no responsibility of shuttling people. Oh, yeah. And people have strange urges to not die on my ride, so. Have you heard of the different horror stories associated with being an Uber driver? There's stories of people who are just like throwing up or some people who would try to fight the driver for unknown reason. I mean, you're in a moving vehicle being at like 80, 100 miles per hour. I don't know why you'd want to fight the driver, but there are people out there, right? Yes. So, you know, okay, so if you were to keep going off of, you know, this hypothetical, right? Do you think that you do it as a side job, like in order to earn money, like on your off days or as a full-time thing? Mm, 
I do it as a side job. Okay. Again, there's no 401k plan. You have to do everything yourself. Uh-huh. Doesn't sound like that good. Especially, like, if you have flexibility, right? Yeah. So, a side job sounds perfect. Mm, I would probably agree with you. And finally, to finish off this segment, I want to talk about gig workers in context of the coronavirus pandemic. Recently, there's been a lot of talk about how Airbnb landlords, as they are called, lost a ton of money when the quarantines opposed around the country meant the cancellations of pretty much all reservations on properties. With full refunds given to customers and little compensation to the landlords themselves, this has led to landlords losing a ton of money. And this has affected all landlords, gig workers or not, but it has hit Airbnb landlords particularly hard due to the temporary manner of the income that they receive, as opposed to, you know, solid revenue from monthly rent. Right. And I think this is probably due to how new uh, the gig economy has been. Yeah. I know Airbnb only recently moved to a larger headquarters. I've actually been there uh, last summer, but they were still constructing. So like, oh, I think just the novelty or the new business models of these gig economy companies and the workers, as you said, landlords, mm-hmm. probably still don't have everything figured out yet. And I think the coronavirus is probably a good test of their resilience. Yeah, there's been an established structure of full-time workers working for one employer and one company for, you know, decades. And yeah, gig workers are pretty new. There's that thing with Airbnb landlords, but on the other hand, gig workers in areas other than transportation, like Uber drivers or home rental like Airbnb, are benefited by the fact that they cannot exactly get laid off in the midst of huge unemployment numbers. And you mentioned this before, Sean, you don't have to deal with companies and their stock prices and whether or not the business succeeds as a whole. It's a it's a balance that has to be maintained. It's not great being a gig worker because you really don't know what's going to happen. And to be honest, gig working is probably an upgrade over pure freelance businessing where you have to manage all of your own finances and taxes. But at the same time, uh, you have to worry about getting gigs in the first place. So there is that kind of instability. And that's it for our new segment. I hope you enjoyed me ranting about gig workers for a while and you have some newfound empathy for your Uber drivers. Uh, Politics. Politics. (laughs) So hopefully down the middle... Um, I have no experience doing this priorly. I, it's just politics. What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, that's a quote. Uh, Eunice 2020. Anyways, let's start the segment, Sean. <laughs> everyone, literally everyone in the world, is having to make adjustments during this time of quarantine and COVID-19. And this includes our U.S. politicians during their 2020 election season. Rather concerning. Uh, no one's really sure of how to proceed with large events such as rallies, town hall debates, and speeches from cheering crowds. Um, Mostly, they have been postponed, canceled, or even just... Hosted online. You guys, Bernie Sanders has been hosting town halls on Twitch recently. Oh no, Twitch. Twitch. Gotta love the internet. Which is still, you know, different from what everyone is used to. That's true. And yeah, this sort of online format hasn't really been that much successful because we have our latest dropouts from both parties here presented to you as unbiased as possible. So on the Republican side, we used to have incumbent President Donald Trump and Bill Weld, 
who, as of March 18th of 2020, has dropped out of the Republican race. And he has been cited to be a moderate. So that's a very interesting point for you. Yep. And as on the Democratic side, we have Bernie Sanders, uh, Senator Bernie Sanders, who dropped out on April 8th of 2020. And the only candidate left for their nomination is former Vice President Joe Biden. Looks like the only candidates from the two major American political parties left for nomination is former Vice President uh, Biden and incumbent President Trump. It's down to the final two now, Sean. Yep, mm-hmm. we're down to the final two. But, you know, we're still not sure because like just like how some of the primaries and caucuses which determined these two candidates were canceled, postponed, or held online, the party conventions that will formally nominate them for the presidency has also could be affected. So let's take a look. The Democratic National Convention was originally scheduled for July in Wisconsin, but it has been postponed until mid-August. Meanwhile, on the other hand, the Republican National Convention was scheduled for late August in North Carolina, and President Trump said this will not be postponed because by that time, the country will be in good shape regarding the impact of the coronavirus. Well, he did also say that the coronavirus would go away in a few weeks, and yet here we are still in quarantine, so who who really knows? Mm. Do you think they were gonna they're gonna be able to host these kinds of events in August, John? Mm, that's very dubious. I mean, even schools opening back for the next school year is rather dubious. How do you feel about that, Sean? If our junior year of high school was to be postponed because of the coronavirus, it's 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 an important year for us. I really feel bad for the seniors because it's their last year, but. Um, for us, it's just going to be all the negative impacts because we're going to have to start off our IB diploma with online classes, potentially. Potentially. Um, by the way, if there's any high school seniors listening, I we as a podcast are formally sorry that you had your last semester or whatever taken away from you. Uh, we hope that you guys are dealing with it okay there are some people are dealing with it differently and this is a huge tangent so let's go back to politics now Sean okay, sorry okay, for okay. the distraction cool cool that was a good discussion all right now we're moving right back to politics um the Biden campaign is expected to negotiate with Senator Sanders in regards to a series of policy agreements on healthcare and other important issues of the Senator Sanders campaign and they're expected to arrive at positions which they're both and their supporters are both comfortable with Now, on the other hand, we are expecting the Trump campaign to continue with the rhetoric from its campaign all the way back in 2016 to keep their conservative voters energized. And they have started with new appeals to African-American and moderate voters. Going back to the Biden campaign, I seriously doubt that they're going to be able to compromise on health care. You know how adamant Santa supporters are with universal health care? Well, they're just going to have to do their best. We'll see. Negotiations are probably still in progress. Right. Yeah. So, so wait for that before you decide whether or not you want to vote or not. Now that Sanders has dropped out to all you Sanders supporters out there. Uh, I will say two things. Uh, one is that one of my favorite uh, YouTubers, CGP Grey, has this quote. And the quote says that compromises are where they leave everyone unhappy. So just be prepared yeah. for the worst. <laughs> My second thing is that we are swinging way too uh, far into the blue territory, so we got to get back to violet. Uh, going back to the time before you came on this long, long, long tangent, um, 
before the time of school starting and two of the national conventions, um, we are preparing for weeks of virtual campaigning from both sides as COVID-19 continues to spread in America. And it's likely that the virtual campaigning won't end until the vaccine has been developed. But it's not likely or expected to be ready by the time for our election. In fact, President Trump is urging the scientists working on the vaccine, at least in the US, to to develop one for as soon as possible. Unfortunately for all of us, under normal development, this vaccine might take years to perfect. So... There's also the whole thing. I I watched an interview with Bill Gates, and here we are with another tangent, but he was talking about how we cannot completely raise every restriction that has been placed in our country until there has been worldwide vaccination. Since, you know, anyone could from any other country that has not had a systematic uh, vaccination across their country, they can come to our country and then we can have a second wave of coronavirus. So Trump is being really optimistic, I guess. I mean, being optimistic is, well, uh, necessary for his campaign because while Trump did acquire an approvals rating bump in March at the onset of the outbreak, an aggregation of recent opinion polls by the Associated Press showed that the public's approval for his handling of the coronavirus pandemic is slipping. So as we can see, when it comes to his grasp of the coronavirus pandemic specifically, more Americans now disapprove than approve. So the numbers that are standing is 48.9% disapproving and 46.8% approving of Trump's job performance. And this is according to data from March 24th to April 7th. And it is cited to be a 2.1% increase in disapproval percentages. All right, and that will be the end of our politics segment. I hope I have given you as much down the middle stuff as I can possibly get. And as we can possibly muster as humans who always have an implicit bias, that's a lot of psychology. Okay, so now we have a PSA um, talking about the Washington News for Masks. COVID-19 support fund. So it is a movement, I guess you could say, or an organization or a group. They already have $14,500 and they need your help for masks. Started in our neighboring school, Isco High School. They connected with mask manufacturers in China and they are now asking for donations to buy more to donate to hospitals. So if you are a Washington State student like us and you like to participate by um, helping volunteer with the group or donating, uh, all of the information will be in the show notes. Indeed. And it's really cool just in general that my friends really genuinely know Angela Chin, uh, who started this campaign. And they're really happy that, you know, our, us as students are really contributing to this pandemic in some meaningful way. Now, moving on to our mailed-in comments. For the first time, we have some mailed-in comments, Sean. Would you like to read them? Yep. Thank you to one of our listeners, Christina, for emailing about episode two and pointing out that there are special detergents used to wash fruits and vegetables. So if you remember, uh, we said to not wash uh, fruits and vegetables with soap. And if you're uncomfortable... Because soap is not edible? Uh, yep. Soap is definitely not uh, eatable. edible. So if you're uncomfortable with eating just water-washed produce... You can still use a special detergent without using dish or hand soap. 
Also, thank you to another listener for pointing out that the first quad-core MacBook that we mentioned in episode three, or rather Sean mentioned because that's Apple and I I don't support Apple, uh, it was only referring to the MacBook Airline and not the MacBook Pros. Indeed. Okay, finally, welcome to the random segment uh, have fun bleeping that out sean yes i will bleep that out as always as i like to call it the random shenanigans segment so uh realize that onward is now on disney plus Woo! onward the movie that sean has been promoting because it is tom holland in it it's an animated movie go check it out <laughs> if you have disney plus imagine having disney plus do you think disney plus is better than netflix i think we already had the conversation but i wouldn't have it again oh well i i can't say for sure now because netflix is well i've been using netflix a lot more not gonna lie mm-hmm mm-hmm Speaking of Netflix, I should probably also include my recommendation in here. We mentioned Apple before during the Madden comments section, and despite my hatred of Apple as a company, I watched a Steve Jobs documentary on Netflix. It's a good documentary. It talks about... Are you soaking up that Apple propaganda? Okay, here's the thing, Sean. If you don't listen <laughs> to your haters or whoever you disagree with, whether it's in politics or talking about Apple or versus, you know, Android, if you don't listen to people who disagree with you, you, your opinion will be very weak. And my opinion still stands. Apple is trash because during the documentary, <sighs> they talked about how ever since the development, even even going back to the development of the first Macintosh, Steve Jobs' principle has always been closed and functioning basically meaning this apple product will only work with this apple product you can't customize anything you have to buy all the apple products to go along with this and then they don't tell you about the extra prices so it adds up to a whole bunch of money uh which is why apple is so expensive i don't agree with any of that i i will say that the documentary is interesting because it shows like ooh, the world of computers when it first started but i am not looking up to uh Apple propaganda, whatever you just accused me of. Oh, well, um, Apple's proprietary technologies have pushed, you know, technology in general quite far. Well, yeah. I, I mean, that was that was going to happen anyways. You know, it's a technological revolution. You they just didn't have to remove the headphone jack while they're doing it. Oh, my God. Don't even bring that up. Uh, now that you brought it up. Are you going to say you support the, the removal of a headphone jack? No, I'm not going to defend it. Under, under what circumstances would you want? I'm glad you brought up the headphone jack because the, I have two pieces of random shenanigans that I want to talk about. <sighs> Number okay. one, if you've known me for a while, uh, you would know that I had AirPods. Uh-huh. He is the only person in my friend group with AirPods, and I am so ashamed of him. Oh my god, uh, don't say that. Well, uh, you'll be happy to know, then, that I lost them uh, recently. Like, Uh-huh, okay. <laughs> I'm thrilled. It, you deserve that. Who uses AirPods? And I lost <laughs> them. Um, I thought I lost them at school because I was going to the car. I, I was just finishing up a club meeting, and I was going to the car, mm-hmm. and then I got home, and then they weren't there. So I thought I lost them at school. Huh. Karma for buying them. But um, you can call me spoiled. That's fine. But I actually used my reserve of uh, t- tutoring money um, from the summer uh-huh. to buy AirPods Pros. Okay. What What are AirPods Pros? Oh my God. Have you? Uh, do you not know? Do you actually legitly? Wait. Am I? I might be behind on AirPods Pros. Oh my goodness. Oh, I can't hear you. AirPods Pro. I speak broke. 
What is? Oh my god! I can't hear. Are broke. you going to call me broke, Sean? Are you going to call me real with? I'm looking at it right now. It is pretty ugly. It is ugly. It's the ugliest thing lie. that Apple's ever made uh, in the history of Apple products. And yet you bought some. These, it says two hundred forty nine dollars right here. Personalize it for free. Engrave an emoji. Who would engrave an emoji into their AirPod Pro? Let's be real here. First of all, the circumstances <laughs> was that they were on sale at Costco. So I had to buy them. And secondly, I can't even hear you because my AirPods Pro have noise canceling. There are other earbuds out there with noise canceling that aren't two hundred forty nine dollars. On Apple, how I mean the Apple Store website. How much did it cost at Costco, Sean? Oh, uh, they costed like two hundred something dollars. So I was like, that, "That's not what a steal!" Okay. No, actually, if you if you what have to know, if you have to know, um, oh the God. closest AirPod Pro competitors um, are the Sennheiser Momentum Two True Wireless. Long name, I know. Okay. And they cost three hundred dollars. Sennheiser. Yeah. Oh, boo-hoo. Uh, <laughs> am I the only one who thinks that truly wireless earbuds are over it anyways? I'm using wired earbuds right now, and I don't understand. I can't trust myself to not lose air. I mean, like, wireless, truly wireless earbuds. And this is a really old debate, and AirPods have been for around for a while. I don't... I just think it's kind of karma that you lost them in the first place, Sean. Yeah. I mean, I didn't learn my lesson, so didn't matter. Moving on from AirPods. Because I don't want to talk about that anymore. One of my random thoughts for this week was methods for being petty or passive aggressive. Okay. And I bring this up because I was listening to, um, well, I can't say the name now because we're going to get copyrighted. But um, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about it. And I just thought it was so good because we're all like at home 24-7 and we're like so grumpy and we only get to I thought you were going to say that we're all petty individuals which would be correct well I can't make that assumption about our listeners no I'll go me and you me and you are, are, we, are you a petty person would you say pretty petty yeah okay then me and you as, as an example of our pettiness yeah but no I just want a way to vent on my grumpiness on pranks okay so what I've thought up was um, kind of boring but kind of fun so I've I know to squeeze their fruit. The person that you're, that you're petty at. And don't take this in a wrong way. Like, for example, like, <laughs> um, if they have, like, pears just lying around in the pantry or the kitchen, just, like, go in the kitchen, and while they're not looking, just squeeze them so they get oh brown God. spots. I, okay, that is, like, a god-tier level of petty. Like, that's a very niche type of petty. Like, you're petty enough... To, to, to make, put brown spots on someone's pears. I am amazed. Okay. <laughs> Squeeze their pears. <laughs> Sorry. On second <laughs> thoughts, we should probably not endorse this. Oh, no. We're endorsing this, Sean. We're endorsing. Because going out and buying new pears... It's not like the grocery stores are still open. Just help out the grocery store workers by going and buy, having to buy more pears, you know? But, like, technically someone can die from going out and getting the corona. Son, you can't think about it like that. You're helping the essential workers, okay? Okay, yeah, so go squeeze everyone's pears. We're Done. endorsing that officially as a podcast. And disclaimer, just disclaimer. follow our advice at your own discretion. Yes. Okay, uh, what are your methods of being petty? My methods of being petty, usually it's just ghosting, let's be honest. That's what everyone does, is, is, is ghost if they're feeling extremely petty. But, like, 
especially niche ways like squeezing pears, I cannot think of something right now. Um, I can only think of things I would do to Justin, my sibling, whenever we'd fight, and things like, I don't know, um, just mess up his bed or something like that. I don't, I don't know. This pears is just extremely creative. What can I say? Um, well, since you're out of ideas, I can give you one. Okay. You can unfold all their shirts. <laughs> unfold all their shirts. Okay, first of all, both of these things assume that you're inside said person's home. Okay, but we're in quarantine. Oh, so this is specifically targeted towards siblings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pranks. Pranks. That are very destructive. Thank you guys for listening to today's podcast. Yes, uh, and thank you, Eunice, for potting with me. That's a very funny word. Yeah, I love that word. And no problem, I love potting with you. Yes, all right. Uh, this podcast was edited by Sean and produced by Eunice and Sean. The graphic design work done for each of the new uh, episode arts are done is done by Eunice. Uh, this podcast was hosted on Anchor, and if you want to learn more, a sponsor segment is coming next week. Hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. The music you're hearing right now and at the beginning of the podcast is by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart for his magical opera, The Magic Flute. If you have any questions, any concerns, or anything else you'd like to tell us about, please email us at atpartypodcast at gmail.com. Go follow our social media, and as you know, we are on all of your podcasting platforms, so go follow us there. And as the Breen Brothers always say, don't don't forget forget to be be awesome. awesome.